0: And we are back with the all-gas, no-break sports podcast show. I am once again one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona. I am once again joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy Marino. And guys, after going over some of the scores in this past week in college football, I mean, how can we not talk about what happened this past Sunday with some crazy NFL action, crazy comebacks, some wild finishes, and all in all, another solid start to what has already been a great NFL season.
1: Yeah, like you said, some absolutely crazy things went on this past week. Uh, obviously, we're getting to New York sports in a little bit, uh, but I think the most opportune time, I guess, start, start the pod, is going to have to be with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Miami Dolphins. I think that is the best thing that we could possibly start with. That was an absolutely crazy game. Not start from finish, Phil. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, 35-7 to lead for Baltimore. They end up blowing that. Nick, you want to go tell our viewers uh, how that see, happened exactly? See,
0: Johnson, now I'm going to have to call you out again, just like David Grayson earlier. The score was 35-14 at one point. Oh, 35-14 going into the third I See, I, I think I know where you got that from. There was a certain someone that we know that said that was the score, but it was that was not the score. It was 35-14 going into the fourth. Oh, okay. When did they score into the third quarter then? They was scored... Yeah, I think it was just right – it was like some, some way – It was mid- right before. Yeah, it was definitely before the third quarter. But it was a 35-14 score going into the fourth quarter. But going back on how the game started, I mean, the Dolphins at the beginning of this game didn't seem that – were not that bad to start off because, you know, they had a good opening drive going on. Looked like they were going to get down the field and score a touchdown. And two attack on Valoa throw through an interception that realistically, I mean, it's just a tough play. I mean, Marcus Williams That's made it. an amazing opportunity to keep the ball in play just to keep making an interception. But as you said, I mean, at the beginning of this game, Miami started off very slowly. But as the game kept going on, they started to get, you know, sort to get back offensively what they we what we've been waiting to see for them throughout these first two games.
1: Now I want to talk about how Tua just absolutely exploded on offense. A lot of guys kind of just disregarding Tua over the last couple of years. I think it's he really did. He. Oh, all right, we're so not we going to. No. So we're you two can, and a half minutes in, and we have. You can't be saying you can't be saying,
2: can't be the, saying he's podcast. dog shit after this game. and oh, no what way? That Baltimore defense is even more dog shit. No, he's got he's got that dog yeah. in him. He's yeah. The,
0: the, this is, is the my... uh, this is the Alabama bias coming in. I know for a fact it is. No, it is. That guy, that it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. Anyway, he's absolutely anyway, garbage. the game started off with a bang with Devin Duvernay returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown. He got Baltimore on you know on track seven nothing one hundred four yards by the way. I mean, this game more and less was about the offenses, but this was also about. Speed for these two teams, guys like Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Lamar Jackson, two attack of You had some of the fastest players in the NFL playing in this game. It certainly was a fun game to watch, and especially with the way the game went on. At one point, the, the Ravens had a win probability of eighty eight percent, so it looked like they were destined to win this game. And to to attack of lowest credit, he kept them in this game as much as he could, and he did so that. I mean, he threw four passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Six passing touchdowns in total for this game. Over 400 yards passing. Tua was on the money in this game. And
2: First he and a lot
0: of... Listen, you might say that, but what the receivers he has this season, and <laughs> he still has a very good tight end in Mike Kosicki, who had a touchdown grab also in this game. This was... Certainly, a good game for the Tua Tagovailoa haters to to, you know to kind of shut them up and say, "Hey, listen, Tua is not that bad of a quarterback. He's still pretty good." And listen, you might say that, but
2: bro, I'd rather have Daniel Jones.
0: There's no shot. You're saying that. All, right, All right, so say we're.
2: In the face. A, a, gi- okay. You're literally
0: talking to a Giants fan, and I can't even say that. I'm a I would rather
1: see him start Tyrod Taylor than Dan. I'm Jones. also a, a Giants fan. A you're
2: forgetting this.
0: Yeah, but you haven't been with the Giants as long as I have, and I know damn it's Okay. Long.
2: Daniel no, it's Jones not. is a winner. He so has it's two of the Nope, that guy's a bum. He needs two. All right, besides he's, the
0: Alabama bias in this uh, room.
2: He needs the two fastest people on the planet to be even semi competent. I mean, it's not saying. Anyway,
0: this game was basically also about these two quarterbacks proving something to the haters, like a certain someone in this room, because the other quarterback on the other team, he doesn't that's like that's him stuff. either. Lamar Jackson had himself a monster game as well, threw for 300 yards, three passing touchdowns, also had 119 yards rushing and a touchdown which culminated with a big 79-yard rushing touchdown towards the end of the third quarter. And that touchdown put the Ravens up 35-14 going into the fourth quarter. It looked like Miami was going to be done. You know, didn't really – was not going to be able to come back from a big deficit. But Miami kept getting drives down the field, kept scoring very quickly. To their credit, the defense finally started to get some momentum in the fourth quarter. And what's a funny stat about this game is the 28-3 to meme once again came into uh, – Full uh, fruition in this game. The Dolphins scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. Ravens only scoring the one field goal from Justin Tucker. So boys, the 28 to three meme doesn't seem like it will ever die.
1: And you know, it's funny that you say it almost happened with the Atlanta Falcons again this uh, this past uh, this past weekend. But they almost had a chance to reverse it. Sadly, I feel like if uh, they do win that game versus the Rams, I, I feel like it. It's not as funny. Like it kind of feels like they reversed the curse. But anyways, I digress. We want to talk about this. Uh, this let uh, this Baltimore game. Uh, Lamar Jackson had himself a day. Tua will just prove to be the better quarterback of that day. Um, I-, I think this was the best game of Tua's career. Obviously, so far, but I think going forward... Oh, by far, this is the best game in professional I think career. going forward, five, ten years now, like Miami fans and even the rest of the NFL will be talking, hey, remember that game against Baltimore? I think this is his well, career-defining game. This so is why they hired forward. a guy like Mike
0: McDaniel, because they wanted to fix, you know, some of the offensive miscues they've had with Tua the past couple of years. And I think you're starting to see that early on, that he is going to be that coach that can help him fix some of the mechanics that, you know, haven't gone right for him. And especially adding Tyreek Hill and, you know, you drafted a guy like Jalen Waddle last season. They've got some big-time playmakers for this offense. They're going to be a dangerous team throughout the rest of the season.
2: Uh, I'm just going to say this. I mean, uh, I know. Uh, Before we – before I hear it, the fact that just fucking Lamar Jackson and Tua combined for nine passing touchdowns, tells you how bad these two defenses really are at the end of the day
0: you're not really looking into the stats then
2: bro these defenses
0: these are two of the best these are two really good defenses on paper
2: on paper on paper and what actually shows up on the field are two totally different things my friend
0: okay and these are also two really good offenses
2: are they though yes i'm still not sold on this miami offense i'm not because you're not sold on tua
0: because you don't yeah. like Tua because of his Alabama no, bias No, it's spice. not
2: because of his Alabama bias. That's yeah, 100% the reason. I do not think he was a good quarterback. He wasn't a good quarterback at Alabama. He literally should not have even been a starter. Jalen Hurts got fucking railed
0: there. Jalen Hurts, you know damn well, was not good at Alabama. He, what?
2: He no, he wasn't. Alabama. He really had that
0: Why did he get benched then against Georgia? Because Nick Saban's a scumbag. No, because he was
2: terrible in that game. And what happened? He still got what Josh, happened. He's a star. Okay, and what happened? He's You're right. Star than what happened? Tua. What happened? Tua,
0: star than Tua. them back in the game. They won the national championship, and Tua was a first round quarterback. To Jalen Hurts being a second round quarterback.
2: Yeah, and I'm still taking Hurts. Hurts is literally no. just as good, if not better. He is six. six Strength wise, absolutely not. He is six to six for seventy nine yards right now. Just to put it into perspective, with half the talent on the offense, but okay.
0: They had a guy, they had AJ Brown and they have Devonta Smith.
2: Okay. And Tyree kills also the fastest player alive and Jalen wall might be the second fastest. Like anyway, besides the point
0: game two of the season in week two, and it's, I think already the game of the year. I mean, the amount of points that you had on the board and the way these two teams offensively played, it, it just, it was just a great game to watch. I wish I was there in person to have seen the game. But obviously, watching it from home on red zone, still still couldn't beat that experience. It was a great game to see. And we brought up Tyreek Hill, almost at 200 yards receiving. Almost Same thing with Jalen Waddle, And we saw you know, the emergence of Rashad Bateman. He had 100 yards in the game also. I think you're starting to finally see that, hey, maybe he is that first-round talent that Baltimore drafted with last year. So definitely some things to pick up on the rest of the season. But Miami, in this game, definitely proved that, hey, listen, I think they're going to be a team to contend with, and Baltimore. This is still, yes, a bad loss considering how they how it happened. But in the end, I still think Baltimore is going to be a very good team down the stretch, and Lamar Jackson looking like the Lamar Jackson we saw a couple of years ago when he won the MVP.
1: All right, Nick, that's a uh, I agree with you a lot about that, Lamar Jackson. I'm still not sold on him, and we'll see how he fares in the tough conference that is the AFC. Uh, North, we'll see how he fares a couple weeks down the line. We has to play teams like the Steelers a couple times. Uh, But moving into other crazy comebacks, also staying within the AFC North, let's talk about that Jets game. Let's talk about that crazy, crazy 14-point comeback that the New York Jets had this past Sunday.
2: Joe Flacco revenge game just came a week late.
0: Uh, I mean... <laughs> This game started off really bad for the Jets because Nick Chubb had an early touchdown and it looked like, you know, there was going to be the same stuff that happened in week one against Baltimore. But what was good about this game for the Jets is Robert Sala. I mean, he said going into the week, he's taking receipts on how many you know people are riding off the Jets on how bad they started and how it looks like they're going to have another bad season. And he took it to heart. And I mean, you saw it. I mean, he's made some gutsy decisions in this game. He actually ran a fake punt in the first quarter in their own territory, and it worked. So, I mean, he really made some gutsy decisions in this game, and to his credit, I mean, it paid off. I mean, going into the final two minutes of the game, they were down two touchdowns. It looked like they were going to be, you know, it was going to be another hard-fought game, but they were going to fall in the end. But you saw some big mistakes from the Cleveland Browns towards the end of it. Corey Davis had a wide-open touchdown touchdown, In which no one was even near him, and it just seemed like as if it was a a broken coverage from the Browns' defense. It allowed the Jets to make it a six-point game, and then the craziest things happened. I mean, the Jets actually get an onside kick, recover it, and they're able to drive down the field. And Garrett Wilson, who, by the way, showing that first-round talent in this game back in Ohio, if there's going to be a revenge game, it's probably from Garrett Wilson. The coming, the homecoming from him. He had over 100 yards receiving and the game-winning touchdown as well as a touchdown earlier on in the game. Garrett Wilson showing that he was that top-ten pick the Jets took, but in the end, the Jets get an impressive win on the road, 31-30. to They go to 1-1 the season, and a great week for New York sports, to say the least. I mean, how can you be like, uh, an amazing come-from-behind win like the Jets just had?
2: Well, speaking of yeah. rookie receivers, by the way, I mean, they've all been pretty damn good. <laughs> like, yeah, all of them have been. I mean, Drake London had himself a fucking
0: day. Yeah, Drake London was pretty good. He he definitely was a big one of the big reasons why the Falcons came back in that game against the Rams. I mean, I don't
2: know about Tra- I mean, Traylon Burks has been. Trail I mean, Burks he's, is. He's I mean, he's playing. He's but... currently
0: playing right now. He Burks. was. He had a, a you know not a bad start to his career last week against the Giants. Well, still, there is still time to tell. I, I mean, mean he's, yeah. with him, also, yeah. you know, Ryan Tannehill, they're mostly involved running the football, so it's still, yeah, it's, it's not see fair, how much I mean, they he still it. has
2: had a pretty good start to his career as well. I yeah. mean, all those first round receivers that were taken have been, I'd probably say, just as advertised.
0: Yeah, at only two weeks into the season, I mean, you are yeah. right. I mean, they definitely certainly have been better than advertised, and the Jets also had a good con- contribution from another rookie. They have Brees Hall, who had a receiving touchdown in this game. This is a big thing for the Jets because they have this big, you know, rookie class that they had this from this past draft. Guys like Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, who did go down in this game at one point, but did come back to eventually, you know, play the game. And the, these are gonna, they're going to be three of the biggest players the Jets, you know, have to develop the rest, the rest of the season. The biggest question for the Jets now for the rest of the year is, Yes, they're having success right now as it currently is with Joe Flacco. Is this going to translate when Zach Wilson comes back? Because if it doesn't, then it's going to raise a lot of questions for the Jets throughout the ne- throughout the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I got confidence in Zach Wilson. I mean, maybe it's just because he's got that dog in him. And I mean, you got to respect the man for what he's done. <laughs> but that's a different aspect, but I, I right. just think in general, he's going to be, uh, they should be able to keep it going with him.
1: I think the jury is still out on Zach Wilson. He needs to have a full year under a quote-unquote quote, normal situation uh, with the Jets. You usually don't get that, but hey, maybe this is a turning point. Is it? Probably not. They're probably going to get teabagged in conference by Miami and Buffalo and New England. Uh, but hey, I mean, even if they're not going to get, even if they lose these games and make them close competitive games, it's certainly a good building block towards the future for the Jets. Uh, the reason that why I think the Jets won personally, and I said this uh, last week, we and I even, I even took a bet on it, it was the New York Sports Parlay, Giants money line, Jets money line. Uh, both these games happening on Tony Soprano's birthday, aka James Gandolfini. Uh, rest in peace to a legend, you know, New York Jets getting a win for Big Jim on his birthday couldn't be more perfect. You couldn't script that even better. So Roger Goodell, uh, good job of the NFL script this year. really wasn't expecting this uh, this early in the season. a surprise like this. I'm really looking forward to what you're writing throughout the uh, rest of the season. And not, I mean, not to mention that not only did the Jets and, and the Giants won, but the Yankees and Mets we, we had also
0: whole, won. We had the and New York sweep. It was the first time all the teams won the same day since September 27th of 2009. So definitely a lot of history being made yesterday by New York sports and considering how New York sports have been the last couple of years, it certainly has been a good. It's certainly a good feel story for New Yorkers because they haven't had much to watch throughout these last couple of years. So definitely, Sunday was definitely a good day to be a New Yorker when it comes to their pro sports.
1: So yeah, talking about that Giants, uh, that Giants victory. Let's get into it. Giants at home versus the Carolina Panthers. Uh, crazy way to start the game and a really great way to finish it. Really went wire to wire. Kept the fans interested. I. Sure, MetLife was rocking. Uh, fans in the stands, stands certainly seemed like on uh, on television. Nick, give me your uh, give me the one two two on this. What was your take on this? Uh, on well, this Giants victory starting the season two
0: this, this was an ugly game to say the least. I'm gonna just put that out there. And if you're if you're watching this game wire to wire, it just wasn't really the best game to watch. I mean, the Giants had the, you know, recover the opening kickoff, you know, fumble from the Panthers. And it seemed like, oh, look, they're going to score a touchdown and start this game off really, really strong. just never really took an opportunity to do that as they got an opening field goal. But that seemed like how this game was going for the Giants most of the time. It seemed like they had a lot of opportunities to, you know, put the game out of reach. And they just never took that opportunity. They go into the half, tied at six. And you're right, the fans were raucous throughout the entire game, but they were very positive, and they were also very negative. You saw it going into the half. Fans were starting to yell at the offense for how badly they were playing in the first half. This game really all came down to was how good the Giants' defense was. And this is what fans were really hoping to see throughout the season. Guys like, you know, Julian Love and Leonard Williams, who, by the way, did get hurt in this game. Giants That's are hoping to get him back soon. I don't appreciate that slander. Either way, anyway. I am a fan. I'm still calling you out anyway. Anyway,
2: bullshit.
0: anyway. The Giants defense played a fantastic game holding the Panthers just sixteen points. And I mean, that was a mix of them playing good and the Panthers also playing really bad. They had a lot of drops in this game too, so really wasn't really good on the Panthers' part. Um the MVP mostly of this game goes to Graham Gano. He had four field goals in this game, including the game winner from fifty-six yards. And so this the former Panther. How do you disagree?
2: It was David Sills. He sparked the offense.
0: I'm like all right. Cheap take again. I'm going <laughs> past it. He hits a 50, <laughs> he hits a fifty six yard field goal against his former team. Four for four on the day. Huge game from Graham Gano. And I mean, listen, Dave Gellman might have done a lot of good things for the Giants, but this was certainly one of the better things he did do in get signing a guy like Graham Gano. Because there was a time where the Giants really did not have good kickers. You know, guys like Aldrich Rosas, who was good but had some off the field issues. I won't get into that. But as I said, it wasn't the prettiest win, but it's a win nonetheless. I mean, the Giants are one of the only, you know, one of the, I believe, four or five teams remaining in the NFL that are undefeated. And if you're a Giants fan, there's definitely optimism throughout the rest of the season. And now you have a big Monday night matchup coming up with the Cowboys this week at MetLife. It's going to be not only a big game for the Giants, but a big game for Daniel Jones because, He has to still prove that he's going to be the quarterback of this team, and he really hasn't shown it throughout the first two games. He's still making very bad reads. He did have that crucial third-down conversion on the bootleg run that sealed the win, but he has still made some very head-scratching decisions as the game has gone on. He needs to fix that throughout the rest of the season if he's going to be the Giants' long-term quarterback.
1: Yeah, definitely. uh, This upcoming Monday Night Football game, against Dallas is going to be a really huge test. for Daniel Jones really hasn't proved himself this year or last year or the year before that or the year before that, really. Uh, but he certainly still has time to turn his, uh, career trajectory around, uh, around, even though, even if he thinks in his heart of hearts that the giants are not going to reassign him, he's still playing. This, can, this whole season be another tryout for another team that needs a quarterback at the end of the day. Um, a lot of bad quarterbacks are still starting in the NFL. Most notably in Seattle right now, he who shall not, who shall not be named. You just, uh, you just basically named him, but, but okay. Uh, I said, "Hey, starting in Seattle, I'm not
0: going to say his name." Uh, we all know. <laughs> I think we mostly know who that is.
2: I mean, if you don't, uh, we've anyway, been paying attention, to especially, football?
0: especially, especially New Yorkers. They know who he is.
1: A oh, big time legend for the Jets and Giants. Had too. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, he did not so much a Giants legend. I mean, I, think I, that's more I don't even Giants don't sting. even bring it up. Yep. Just, um, I, you, I, br- yeah. hey, I, I wasn't gonna I know, bring it up. Know, you have not it know. up. I know. Uh, but yeah, this is certainly a tryout season for other teams with Daniel Jones, even if the Giants don't have confidence in him. Uh, with that being said, I don't think Cooper Rush is gonna march in the Met Life and you know light him up like he did with the Bengals. I think Cooper Rush is about to turn. Uh, Try. It's gonna be like Cinderella for Cooper Rush. He had his Cinderella moment. The clock's going to strike midnight. He's going to turn into a pumpkin again. And I think the Giants will beat the Cowboys in MetLife. I think they're going to go on the next week to beat the Bears and they're going to start 4 0. I'm not even a Giants fan, but their schedule is just very favorable. And this could be a very memorable year for, uh, for Big Blue. Well, if you're a Giants fan, you're hoping that's the case. But, I mean,
0: you said it. Cooper Rush did lead this team, this Dallas team, to a win over the Cincinnati Bengals. So. If he can do that, I guess the team that went to the Super Bowl last season, it's gonna be—it's still going to be a very close game. The key to the Giants winning this game is going to be stopping Micah Parsons because if not for Micah Parsons, the Dallas Cowboys do not win this past week against Cincinnati. Nope. So the key is going to be stopping Micah Parsons at all possible times. So guys like Andrew Thomas and guys like Evan Neal, who's going to probably be going up against DeMarcus Lawrence, they've got to be very crucial in this game in protecting because so far Daniel Jones – has been sacked, I believe, eight times already on the season. So the Giants' offensive line needs to play a little bit better if they're going to be Dallas this upcoming Monday.
2: I mean, honestly, I think the tackles have played fine. I mean, they're young still. They
0: have they have been fine, but the, it's more... It, they young. Have been, they're young. They're very young, but yeah. But when you're facing guys like Parsons and Lawrence and that, oh, and that yeah, Dallas defense, but, you, they're going to have to be bigger than they have been so yeah, far. Yeah, but they're
2: also... Pro- what they really should be doing is keeping a tight end in the chip off. I mean, the problem is with Dallas. Both their edges are really good. But like um, a normal week, keep a tight end the chip and they should be okay if they're struggling that day.
0: Well, speaking about a game that I was struggling to watch and I'm sure Andrew Johnson was struggling to maybe watch it a little bit considering (laughs) it's not in our market. Patriots got a win in Pittsburgh, another game that pretty much was very tough to watch. A game that really did not have much offensive firepower other than an unbelievable catch by Nelson Aguilar for a touchdown towards the end of the first half. But this is a game that, won the Patriots get a, a much-needed win to avoid an 0-2 start after the bad loss to Miami last week. But it's another part where it looks like the Steelers are – we could be seeing the quarterback change sooner than we, than we expected with Kenny Pickett. Because fans are already clamoring it, they were chanting his name, and during, like during the game, CEO's offense looks really, really bad right now, and you could see that their defense was, you know, struggling also without TJ Watt in the lineup.
1: Yeah, I don't want to say their defense was struggling; it definitely took a hit. But you still when, he, when you still have a guy like Micah Fitzpatrick on that side of the ball, well, who is yeah. just such a huge playmaker. <laughs> Um, I was
0: talking more like towards their pass rush. Their pass rush seemed oh, very, yeah, very
2: yeah, in, irrelevant in that game. Yeah, I mean, you can't, but you also can't compare safety to what TJ Watt.
1: I'm just saying defensive. I'm talking about defensive playmakers, though. That's really what I was going I through. I mean, here. Yeah, that's Because great, the reason but, why they have a win.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's great and all, but what TJ Watt could do on the field is just ridiculous. I'm not, yeah,
1: I'm not going to discredit TJ discredit Watt at all. You know, always a depot candidate, no matter. Uh, what season it is in? Um, uh, but the Patriots looked a lot more improved on offense, with defense. Uh, still looking good. Uh, what I want to see going forward, though, is how good this Patriots defense actually is, because I'm thinking if Miami kind of I don't want to say struggled against New England in the offense, uh, but if they just were able to completely explode against Baltimore, uh, I want to see how good this Patriots defense or is that actually come back is going to
2: my forward. Point that Baltimore's defense is shit.
1: Well, yeah, it's early in the NFL uh, NFL season. Really not going to know wh- what's actually legit, or who's for real, probably until weeks four and five. I think that's when you start to see a little bit of separation. Like, you see, okay, these are the good defenses. This player's having a good year. This player's going to have a bad uh, you know, down year. That's, to me, the uh, – I guess the main takeaway was, you know, between Patriots defense obviously still performing and Miami's kind of offensive explosion, I mean, was – So is New England that good of a defense still? Or does Miami just have, or does Baltimore just have a really bad, bad defense? It's funny that you bring it up because now going
0: into next week, the Ravens are actually going to be in Foxboro to take on the Patriots. So you're going to be able to maybe potentially figure out both of those answers depending on how the Ravens defense is going to be the rest of the year, how the Patriots defense is going to be. Because we saw how Lamar Jackson was this past week. Patriots are going to have a, are going to have to have a huge game to stop him and keep him in order? Or otherwise, Lamar Jackson is going to have another field day. So it's
1: definitely, those questions that you asked are definitely going to be answered this upcoming Sunday, I believe. Yeah, and one thing I want to touch upon is I never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but the Jacoby Myers-Nelson Aguilar one-two punch at wide receiver actually worked. I thought this would never actually come out of my mouth. Uh, Just, I, I was stunned to see both of them actually have pretty big days, at least re- receiving-wise. Uh, Devontae Parker is still MIA, but I guess the one thing <laughs> I'm going to say about Devontae Parker is uh, if he's drawing more defensive uh, presence towards him and drawing you know attention away from both Aguilar and Meyer so they, can sh- so they can shine, then he's doing his job. But in two weeks, I think he has nine yards, which is god yeah, awful. Not have, but He did not have a couch this past week. Yeah, he's got nine yards in two weeks, but if he's Hey, if he's that guy where defenses are saying, hey, we're going to you know focus on Devontae Parker more so he doesn't get open, and it's going to create opportunities for both um, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Agholor. And so be it. I think that would be good signing. But uh, again, I don't think we know this until about weeks four and five.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes for the Patriots, but it's definitely a huge win because, I mean, starting 0-2 would be really, really catastrophic considering now they have Baltimore this coming week. Not an easy schedule for New England. But to get a win on the road at at Pittsburgh, I mean, that's definitely something to build off of throughout the rest of the season for Bill Belichick and his in his squad, considering the, you know, the potential-ish, you know, injury that Mac Jones almost had. It looks like he's fine now, so definitely something for New England to be happy about. But if you're a Steelers fan, you're definitely not in a good mood considering how the offense has played throughout the first two weeks of the season. But... Let's not be remiss of the game we had Thursday. We almost forgot to bring this game up between the Chargers and the Chiefs that started off this crazy week 2 as we had a great game between these two squads, two teams that, you know, are going to be in the like in conversation for being the favorites in the AFC at the end of the season. And in the end, it's the Kansas City Chiefs to come out with a close win, 27 to 24. We saw Justin Herbert throw a crucial Interception late in the game to Jalen Watson, who was a seventh round draft pick. He threw a nine, he got a ninety nine yard pick six, which was definitely the difference maker in this game. And at the end of it, I mean, Charger fans, you know, not happy about only the loss, but then they had to hear about just you saw Justin Herbert go down the game towards the end. He has a fracture to his rib cartilage. We'll have to see how that injury will play out. But this is another game where the Chargers, again, didn't really seem to give the ball to guys like Austin Eckler. They didn't have Keenan Allen in this game, so you figured to have seen Eckler a lot more involved. Didn't really see that much in this game, but we saw a great game from a guy like Mike Williams who had 113 yards receiving and a touchdown. So the Chargers will have to see if Keenan Allen will come back very soon. But for the Chiefs, a great job by them holding the Chargers to 24 points, and going on, going to start off the season 2-0 and and proving to gu- people like me that, hey, listen,
1: they're still going to be a good team to contend with. Yeah, I mean, you also have to take into account that I think this was uh, Justin Herbert's first loss in, uh, in Arrowhead Stadium. I think he was 2-0 Correct. going to this, and he beat himself. Uh, pick six towards the end of that game just really sealed it for him to kind of like... And really, t- really shitty ending to what was a really great game.
0: And it's tough because the receiver... So what happened was he was trying to throw it to his tight end, Gerald Everett, but they were going at up-tempo. And, you know, Gerald Everett was a little bit gassed at that point. He wanted to, you know, get someone to sub in for him. The Chargers were trying to keep that up-tempo process going, so he had stayed in the game. And that's where Herbert was looking... That's what Herbert was going towards on, the, on that interception. But... Everett you just saw it. he was just gassed and could not make any type of play towards the ball and it was an easy interception for Watson that he brought it back for six so it's definitely not all Herbert's fault in that sense but still not the greatest of reads by him definitely a tough loss for the Chargers but I think the moral is you're just hoping that Justin Herbert isn't hurt for a you know a long extended period of time because you really need him to be in the lineup, if you're going to potentially either A, win the division, or B, but just make the playoffs in general?
1: If I'm the Chargers, I'm not really that word. I mean, I think long term, the future is going to be great with him. It's just kind of a question of a very short term of, you know, he's got the fractured ribs right now. Uh, how he's going to fare going forward. If he's cleared to play, if he's good to play, if he's not in pain when he's throwing, because you saw towards the end there, uh, he could have ran for an easy, easy first down, but he just didn't have it in him. He was just too, uh, Injured, and you know, it's quite unfortunate that that happened. I mean, I think uh, we see a little bit different outcome when Kansas City goes to, uh, goes to the Charger Stadium this, you know, later in this year. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be something to definitely uh, look forward to.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say the fact that they're a few, it seems like they just don't even want to give Eckler the ball in general. Like, I, I don't understand what their issue is with him right now. Maybe he's not, stu- maybe he's going full uh, Kyler Murray and just not studying the playbook. I don't know. Something's he's not watching film. Hey, I don't know. You might want to
0: bring up Kyler Murray, but after the game they had this week, I mean, he was definitely he was definitely uh, oh he was huge. He was definitely he, studying something.
2: No, he no. Nick, Nick, well, let's get to this. This this is him knowing that Cod's coming out, and it's like I got to put I got to put my good season out there right now because once Cod comes out, I am locked in. He wants to prestige asap. Yeah, so he's trying to get his good games out of the way so he gets you know that
0: double XP is coming soon. So I mean, we'll have to say can't wait. But let's get more into that game because
2: what a shit an ending! I mean,
0: (laughs) I don't even know what to say about this game because the Raiders played dominant throughout the first three quarters. Cardinals had nothing going for them. And then the fourth quarter, I know, just the Raiders just seemed MIA, it seemed like. I mean, Kyler Murray had an unbelievable two-point conversion at the end where I think it took 21 seconds for the full play to develop, as if, as if you were playing a Madden-like type of play with Michael Vick. It was just that <laughs> bad on the Raiders' part that they couldn't bring him down. And then the. They get the big stop in overtime. I mean, there was a crucial play where Hollywood Brown dropped a fourth and one, I believe it was, which would have put the Cardinals in position to win the game. And it led to the turnover on downs. The Raiders got the ball back. It looked like all they needed to do was go down the field, get into field goal range with Daniel Carlson, and they win. They were pretty much going to be in field goal range. And I said this to Andrew Johnson, and he didn't test for it, I said, why, didn't the Ra- why don't the Raiders just run the ball right now and just put themselves into a field goal range, which they pretty much were at. They were, at, I believe, were at the 35-yard line when they f- when the eventual fumble from Hunter Renfro happened. Which, by the yeah. way, Hunter Renfro had a fumble earlier in that same drive. So yeah, I don't know. Had, what is
2: it was just again? not
0: a good drive for Renfro altogether. But in the end, the fumble cost the Raiders as... Byron Murphy returns it for a touchdown and the Cardinals come back from what looked like was sure to be a loss and they get their first win of the season and for the Raiders now they go to 0-2 in the season. I mean for a team that had a lot of expectations coming into the year is not a good start for Vegas. It seemed as if everything was going right for them and right now they, I, you gotta wonder are they starting to panic I know it's two games into the season but Things that could could have gone their way have not gone their way so far.
2: I'm going to give the, that team a little bit of a break, though. I mean, like, they've had some real unfortunate. Like, that's really unfortunate.
0: Well, you got to think, think about it. I mean, they had all that great luck happening from them last season. You got to wonder if all that luck now starting to wear off from up yeah. to this season. I mean, you could only have so much luck in the NFL.
2: I also <laughs> think the coaching change is a bit of an issue.
1: Yeah, Josh McDaniels was not the hire, but I do but. want to say that Josh McDaniels is not a NFL caliber head coach. He is a passable assistant. I mm-hmm. mean, he this I don't want to say he is Adam Gase bad, but how Peyton Manning made the career of Adam Gase, Tom Brady one hundred percent made the career of Josh McDaniels, and he, every single opportunity he has been given has been linked to the greatest quarterback of all time.
0: Well, I mean, look at what happened with with his tenure in Denver. I mean, he had the same issues. I mean, just very questionable play calling, and it led to him getting fired and having to go back to New England. And you're seeing it early on with Vegas. I mean, he's made some really questionable calls, especially on that drive alone. They they were certain to be in field goal range with just a couple more yards on the ground, and they just didn't want to give the ball to Josh Jacobs. And that's been a custom of what Josh McDaniels has done. Uh, his tenure. He doesn't really like to run the football. He did run in nineteen times with Josh Jacobs sure, but it just doesn't seem he wants to get those extra yards that he needs. And instead, he's risking it by you know giving throwing the football instead of you know giving it to big time playmakers like Josh Jacobs. But it just goes to show you that's why they maybe declined his fifth year option. I guess that just shows you that they don't really trust him.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just... you know what. Another thing too, though, is if. Renfro doesn't fumble that ball. We're not even having this discussion, probably.
0: Yeah, no, probably not, but...
2: I mean, you know, that's just Even, a,
0: even if, they, they should have never been in that scenario to begin with.
2: 100%. 100%. I just, I don't think, have... Have you not had... Had you not had Renfro fumbling there, this is never even like, oh, well, maybe he's not it. Like... They just gave the ball off. I mean, it's it's Mo- it's Monday morning quarterbacking. The, <laughs> like,
0: well, I'll tell you one thing: one quarterback waking up on a Monday that you know didn't have a good Sunday was probably Matt Ryan. Oh, you i going bring up Joe Burrow? Well, no, we'll get into Joe Burrow too. But Matt Ryan, I does it seems as if it doesn't matter who the Colts throw at quarterback. When they go to Jacksonville these last couple of years, doesn't matter who the quarterback is, they're still not winning in Jacksonville. I don't understand it. The Colts were absolutely god awful yesterday in Jacksonville. You know, picking off of where they left off last season when they lost in the in the season finale. Matt Ryan, he made some Carson Wentz throws in this game. Well, I saw some really bad decision making by him, and three interceptions. And then to add to top it off, Jonathan Taylor only had fifty four yards rushing. Only carried the ball nine times. I mean,
2: yeah. When you're star
0: playmaker, well, the pro, see, the CD issue. I understand why there was is because they got in such such a big hole. They had to start throwing the football just to get down the field. But yeah, you're right. They should have given John the tail of the ball so much more often. They just how, didn't did for some reason. I was guy the game.
2: that was legit the best offensive player in football last year. touched the ball nine times, like. You have to get him the ball He, Especially with Michael Pittman out He was your most skilled player On the field offensively You yeah. have to find a way To get him the ball It doesn't matter if it's catching out of the backfield Screens You have to find a way That is a poor decision By the offensive coordinator Like You have to do better You have oh. to
0: I mean, it just goes to show you that Frank Reich right now is definitely on the hot seat because oh, he's, he he's on, going to get fired. He was on the hot seat at the beginning at the beginning of the season. He's definitely on the hot seat now. After this, they still have not won. And if the if the scores remain the tie in the of Bills game, if the Bills are able to hang on the win, the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to be leading this division at the end of week two. I we mean, we love that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence go. I mean, listen, we want we would love we love to see Trevor Lawrence, you know, I'd start like to see develop Travis
2: Etienne fucking actually get the ball for once. That'd be great.
0: Well, I, I try telling this to people. I don't understand why people thought James Robinson was not going to be the number one running back. He's been a good running back throughout his entire tenure at Jacksonville.
2: Uh, then you don't dra- then you just don't draft Etienne But the he first didn't round.
0: remember Doug Pearson didn't draft Etienne.
2: I understand that, but Etienne's just as talented, if not more. Mm. They're just not giving him the reps.
0: I I don't think he's as talented as James Robinson, running ability wise. He's a better ca- he's a better catching back. I'll give you that, but I I think running ETN wise
2: is still a really good.
0: At, I, I I agree. He's a good running back, running back, but I think I think overall, what you're looking for in a running back, and if you're comparing the two, you're looking for a guy like James Robinson. And,
2: and I get that to an extent. I do. I like James Robinson as a running back. I just. I think et you don't know what you have in etn yet.
0: Well, I guess it's only two weeks into the season. We saw no, this is etn's first 100%. full season, so we don't know what he is yet. One hundred
2: percent. But right but like, now,
0: it's showing that etn is going to be the running back too for this offense.
2: Like you, you give the guy nine carries. I mean, how but do you that's say, him But that's why I say he's
0: more of a catching back.
2: Yeah, but okay. I mean, looking at the stats, James Robinson had twenty-three attempts for sixty-four yards. Etienne,
0: 9 for 20. I mean... Yeah, it, they. I mean, they both didn't run the ball game. I mean, this is a good Colts front 7. Oh, they 100%. Have
2: but, like, again, what do most teams do? They split carries. I mean, DeAndre Swift isn't getting... I mean, what... DeAndre,
0: well... The only reason Yajit Swift didn't get that many carries this week is because he was going into the game with an injury. So he wasn't going to be the workhorse of that offense.
2: I know. But, like, my point is, but even, like, in a regular week, I think they're going to go to Jamal Williams a lot still.
0: Yeah, because he's more of a third down back. Like, he's more of a power back. He's still a good
2: back. I mean.
0: That's what I'm saying. He gets you those power back yards and you have third down. I don't know.
2: I feel like a lot of these teams now run a two-back system, which is, I mean, for fantasy owners, is fucking terrible. But, like you just have etn gives you i think a little bit more speed and finesse and like i i don't get why they refuse to use it because like i said
0: james robinson's a really good running back you can't take that talent off the field i mean
2: every other team seems to take talent off the field
0: i don't even know what you're insinuating with that but i'll leave it at that um anyway when it comes to it i mean we saw christian kirk emerge as a potentially the receiver that got paid in the offseason he had two catching he had six catches for 78 yards two touchdowns had a really good game and i mean if the jaguars can continue to you know show this momentum with him on the offensive side and trevor lawrence continues to you know be as accurate as he was this past week maybe the jaguars are that sleeper team that we saw on the cincinnati bengals last season maybe they're a team that could win the division and just sneak into the playoffs
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting with that division. The whole division's a mess right now. And uh, I said this last year, Trevor Lawrence has the pedigree and the talent to be the next great NFL quarterback, but his coaching situation was absolutely abysmal. He had a guy that shouldn't have even been close to a head coaching job in the NFL. Uh, thankfully, he was relieved of his duties, and uh, he can go creep on young women in a bar somewhere in Ohio and stay f- Far away from ruining the NFL's great next quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, uh, this would be certainly be something if Trevor Lawrence can uh, can emerge as that next great quarterback this season so early on. And uh, it's definitely looking like he has potential. He had 235 yards. Uh, Nick said he had the two touchdowns to Chris, to Christian Kirk uh, after a mediocre last season, to nothing of his fault, mainly just due to management and coaching. He certainly looked a lot better in these past two weeks. Having a guy like Doug Pearson, who's won a Super Bowl before, it's definitely going to help
0: him, especially on the offensive side. Doug Pearson knows how to, you know, get some great offensive teams like he did with the Eagles with Carson Wentz before he went down with an injury. Eagles were, were a well-oiled machine on, off, on offense. And we'll see if that continues with Jacksonville. But credit to their defense, they played a, hel- a hell of a game against Matt Ryan in this offense, who was for sure missing Michael Pittman. And now they're going into can They're going to be playing the Chiefs this upcoming week. Colts might start the season off all with three. And, man, the good thing for them is I'll say this. That division, as you said, Johnson, is so bad that I still think they could win the division just based off the fact of how terrible
1: it is. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's not looking like Tennessee or Buffalo is going to be that. Uh, not Buffalo. Buffalo. I'm he- sorry. Watched- he- <laughs> it's are he- the, the yeah, I'm watching the game. Oh, yeah, I'm watching yeah, Tennessee yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. Buffalo right now. It's not looking like Tennessee or Indianapolis. I mean, Tennessee was my pick. Um, Indianapolis, I believe, was your pick at the beginning of this. But yeah. it's looking like both those teams are going to be mediocre at very best. Which is, It's
0: funny because Houston, Houston and Jacksonville have looked like the best two teams in that division so it far. It seems like we've entered the upside down.
1: And that uh, yeah, and Beck, that, Beck, know, Houston has, and Jacksonville are definitely the coming. best two teams in that division right now. Yeah.
2: I mean, are we a uh, parallel universe?
1: I mean, yeah, I just watched Tennessee Muffet uh, punt live and and the Bills recovered, so I mean that was kind of why I was just so starstruck so how bad this team is, both on so offense, the defense, the and game. special teams.
2: I mean, they're just not... Uh, I don't want to say it. Is Vrabel slowly becoming on the hot seat?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really trust
2: I, Mike might, Vrabel. You I might mean, have
0: to consider it, because they got the one seed last year and they lost immediately,
2: I don't know. I, I will say I, I, though, I, I, I think if variable has a better quarterback though. But see, they were a,
0: but he was the one that put Tannehill in the quarterback to begin with. I know. So that's his own doing. I understand I at the time Marcus Mariota was your other quarterback, but he was the one that
1: put Ryan Tannehill in that position. I no. will say one thing and one thing only about this, not to cut you off, Grayson. If the trail Lance injured does not happen, I could really see Jimmy Garoppolo would have been traded to Tennessee. Oh that, I that really agree was a possibility.
2: You. I agree, and I, mean, I, mean, I just, you gotta
1: feel bad for Trey Lance too, but I
2: don't. Yeah, he still has. A, oh come
0: on, man! How do you not feel bad for him?
2: It's an injury. He'll be fine.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you wanted to see how he, if he was going to develop. Now you got to well, wait another. But four they're year. invested
2: on him anyway. Jimmy no, G's no matter what. It's not like he's fighting. Oh well, I got to fight for my roster spot. He's not fighting for a roster spot. I mean, he's going okay. to be their starting quarterback. So I mean. Okay.
1: Like, it could be, a, I don't want to say a blessing in disguise for him, but it gives him another year to learn the playbook, uh, to potentially build more around him. Uh, exactly. It also gives, I mean, it gives Jimmy G another year to show off his talent. So, I mean, this could be, I don't want to say the best of both worlds, but obviously you never want bush injury or. Uh, oh, no. 100%. But you have to make the best of it. You have to make the best of a, of a bad situation. Like, for I, just, right I now. just
2: don't see, like, it sucks. I mean, look. It'd be great to see Trey Lance play because I mean we want to see what you, you got, but at the same time it's not for him. It's not like, oh, I feel bad for him. No, he the, he's going to get his money. He's going to be the starting quarterback next year. It it's just a matter of him being able to play. That's all. That's,
1: yeah, that's all fair. I'm saying. By that's that,
2: fair. it's not. This isn't like a, you know, one of these other position teams where like. They haven't decided, okay, this is who we're going with. The this isn't like a Daniel Jones situation where like he's fighting for his job this season. Like, no. Everybody knows Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback next season for San Fran.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Definitely a situation where Jimmy G is definitely playing for a potential suitor for his, for him next season as there's going to be definitely a couple teams that if they don't draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft, they're definitely going to be looking at guys like Jimmy G to potentially be their starting quarterback for next season.
2: That, that, that's more of what I meant by it, though. That, yeah. It wasn't more of a a shot at Trey Lance. It was more of just a, yeah, he's going to be fine. And you know
0: what I will say when it comes to that? Maybe there is one team that I could see maybe thinking about quarterback after what happened this past week. The Saints. They might have to consider looking at a quarterback change because not for this season, because you're going to have to ride with Jameis Winston either way, but man, Jameis Winston looked really, really bad in this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I know he had a back injury. You know, he has some issues that he's saying he still feels the pain every week, but some of the throws that he made in this game were not good at all, and the Saints could be one of those suitors for maybe Jimmy Chi or a young quarterback in this upcoming draft. But this is another game that was very, you know, you know, very boring. ugly. at Yeah, just very boring and ugly at the beginning of the game. And then we had that altercation between Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. That which, was awesome. Which led, that. which led to um, one Mike suspension. Evans actually getting yeah. – Yeah, he actually got a suspension, so he will not be playing – and it's a big game coming up. They're playing the Green Bay Packers this week, so not the game to be getting suspended for. But I, I respect Mike Evans for what he did because, I mean, Lattimore was going right at Tom Brady. and
2: You defend you your know, quarterback.
0: You, you have to defend your quarterback, even if you're going to the sideline or whatever. He he did what he had to do. But yeah. those two have had history oh. even before this happened. Oh, yeah. He
2: smoked him before.
0: And it's just <laughs> it just culminated again. But as I said, I mean, this game was just bowling shoe ugly, as they would like to call it. Tampa Bay got finally gets a touchdown towards the end of the game offensively with Tom Brady throwing one to brashad Perryman. And this was more about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. They're once again looking very, very strong to start off the season. And with the, you know, the litany of injuries they have on offense with the offensive line and now losing guys like Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, now Mike Evans won't be playing this week. So,
2: Scotty Miller? Question mark. Scotty Miller honestly might not, be picking him up in fantasy this week.
0: Scotty Miller did not look good this week in this game either. So I matter. would be very hesitant. I would look at guys like Russell Gage if you're going to be looking for anyone. Hey,
1: yeah, I, be- I know we're talking about the future quarterback for New Orleans, uh, but for my own selfish purposes in fantasy, uh, if there's a great guy, Mormon, uh, known as Taysom, Taysom Hill, uh, starting at tight end right now, uh, you guys should Rick definitely sex. make the call and start Taysom Hill this weekend, I definitely won't benefit at all fantasy-wise because they have him listed as a tight end. But, hey, if he wants to start a quarterback. I, I could see him starting because I don't know. I I really think
0: Jameis is still injured, and I know they're saying he could play through the injury. I'm not sure if it's wise to play him through this injury right now because
1: but he's he just played, been so if, awful.
0: If he plays the way he plays this past this past Sunday, I mean, I don't know how far the Saints are going to go. The Saints were one of my teams that I thought could maybe make, you know sneak into the playoffs as a wild card. If they play like that offensively throughout the rest of the season, I don't think they're going to have a chance. Their defense, to their credit, they held Tom Brady and company in check for most of this game. You know, Leonard Fournette was not really much of a factor either, but the Saints' defense can only do so much. Now, they will have a game this week with the Carolina Panthers, so they have a chance to respond with a win on the road in Carolina. But if they were to lose to the Panthers this upcoming Sunday – it's gonna be. I think it might. You might have start panicking if you're a Saints fan.
2: Oh, you should already be panicking. You're starting Jameis Winston a quarterback.
0: I still think it's too early. It's two games in. There's really shouldn't. There really shouldn't be many teams panicking right now. I think, like obviously, like when Dallas oh. lost Cooper Rush, obviously they started to panic. But they did beat the Bengals. Maybe if you're a Bengals fan, maybe you start panicking because you can't even be <laughs> Cooper Rush.
1: You
0: lost uh. Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush the first two weeks of
1: the season. Uh, not, that's
2: more of a defense good. issue. That's a defense issue more than like... Their offense hasn't looked good either, though. Uh, I
1: think I think it's an offensive line issue. Joe Burrow's on pace. On pace gets sacked 111 times this year. He's going to dive. He's, he will turn into the next Andrew Luck if they don't fix that old line this yeah, they, season.
0: And remember, they fixed... They they quote-unquote fixed it in the offseason by getting guys like Lyle Collins. And they just yeah. they
2: haven't.
1: Yeah, no, I they definitely spent it. They definitely spent in the offseason. Like, I'm not going to... Go after the Bengals front office or Bengals matchup. They definitely looked at it from lashes, okay. We have, you know, a gaping hole in our offensive line. Let's go spend money in the offseason. Let's get good guys that we can go plug in there and we can fix it. And it hasn't maybe this they just haven't gelled so far. Obviously, there's still a long season to go, but early on it hasn't looked pretty. Well, I'm
0: gonna say this, and I said this to you earlier, and I still feel this way, and I probably feel this way throughout the rest of the season. The Super Bowl run really hurt the Bengals in a sense because I think the thing that's really don't holding them, them back is Zach Taylor, their their head coach. I I just don't think he's that good of a head coach, and you can you could see it. I mean, some of the play call incision he making he makes, it just it just boggles my mind sometimes what he what he does. Like Joe, like Joe Burrow, to his credit, saved his job last season with that Super Bowl run. Now, would we be having this conversation if they had won the Super Bowl? Absolutely not this would be a whole different argument. But because, you know, they fell short of the Super Bowl, now they're starting the season with so many expectations and they're starting off 0-2, it's really not a good look for the Bengals right now because of, one, yes, their offensive lines look terrible. Their defense hasn't looked great either, and that's because, you know, they're still trusting guys like Eli Apple who, let's face it's not good at all. They He's just getting burnt most of the time. They haven't really had a consistent pass rush and I mean, they they just really have not seemed to you know address some of the issues they've had on the defense that we saw last seasons in the last season's postseason run. So if they don't start to address this sooner rather than later, they're going to ruin you know this opportunity to potentially you know stay in the Super Bowl hunt. But I think for them to stay in the hunt, they might have to look at another head coach sooner rather than later.
2: Um, I'd probably agree with you on that. I do think that, I mean, if the O-line could just play a little bit better, like just enough that Burrow has a minute or two in the pocket, it's just unbelievable how quick that, that guy's on his back every day, every game. Yeah. It's, it's crazy.
0: Well, another issue for Burrow also, what I see is when he plays is that He'll try to, when he gets pressure, he'll try to keep running back and back, and he just never decides when to, like, go down. He or, loses more yeah. yards than they need to
2: lose. No, that's, so that's, that's definitely very fair. But at the same time, at this rate, it's got to just be, like, PTSD. Because, I mean, yeah. like No, I agree. The guy hasn't had more than, what, three seconds in the pocket uh, that's in two years? I- that's Three why Johnson's years.
0: right. I mean, he's on the he's on pace for to, to be like Andrew Luck.
2: He and that's and it's really it sad. It's sad because that the talent that that kid has is ridiculous.
0: Like I'm sure Andrew Luck would still be a great quarterback in the NFL right now if he was still playing. But oh, Andrew, just, so right now, if,
2: if the Colts had Andrew Luck right now, they'd be cruising. Yeah, probably. I honestly was praying to God he'd come out of retirement. Nah, it's just too long.
0: He could retire. He could I think definitely he's been, still He's did. been retired for what now? Four years, I think?
1: Uh, I think since 2018, so oh, uh, you're see. out uh, of the money. I think twenty nineteen Is when
0: he retired.
2: Carson Wentz. Corey Brissett. So, Yeah, Was four that years. full season of Brissett? Yes, they had oh, a full year job. of Corey Brissett. Yep. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was half a year.
0: And then Matt Ryan now, so yeah, it's four. Yeah, so four. I mean, it's Jesus. it's not it's yeah. The Colts are just not in a good spot right now, but neither are the Bengals. They're both both 0 2 on the season and if they don't start figuring out something sooner rather than later, it the both of those coaches are gonna be on the hot seat for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean I think if the Bengals don't have something going by like week five, they might just make the coaching change. They
0: they they might have to think about it this week. They're in they're at MetLife facing the Jets. <laughs> If you lose to the Jets on the road, they, they lost it last year to the Jets on the road. If they lose well, again this year? Well,
2: but see, that's why I think they might I give know. him a break.
0: I don't know if you can.
2: Bro, that Jets how many, team. How many,
0: I know, but how many more breaks can you really give the guy?
2: I, I that's why I said, though, I'd give him till like, week four. If things aren't around by week four, you got to send them. You have to. You're literally killing your chances of anything.
0: It just sucks for Bengals fans. They went through all those years with Marvin Lewis, you know, and they made all these playoff appearances and they never did anything with them. Now they finally get, you know, they got a new head coach, Zach Taylor, and they finally make one big run to the Super Bowl. And now everything is just going from bad to worse. And, you know, if they can't, the, the, my issue with this is they have this game with the Jets this week. If they were to lose, then they have a short week the following week against the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. And if the Dolphins play anything like how they played this past Sunday, Bengals could start the season 0-4. They're in a yeah. really, really well, bad spot true. right now. They have to win this week. It is probably the most must-win game they've had, even probably since the Super Bowl. But this going to be this this game will definitely decide how the Bengals will play the rest of the season.
2: I mean they they're opening right now at a four and a half favorite.
0: I mean they have to. I mean not 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 going to really good. To think the Jets are a favorite with Flacco. I, I get Flacco has played great, but no one's gonna think that the Jets are gonna be a favorite with Flacco still playing.
2: No, I mean,
0: even if Zach Wilson was playing, it still it still wouldn't change anything.
2: No, that's fair. I mean, it's they gotta find a way to protect this man.
0: Well, a guy that doesn't need any protection right now um, after what he did this past Sunday night against a team that he has said in the past that he owns is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He and the Packers just dominated the Bears. There's really not much to this game. Aaron Jones had a monster game. David Montgomery ran for over 100 yards for for the Bears, but Bears just got absolutely dismantled. They had a great start in the first quarter. Packers, though look like the team that everyone's hoping to see throughout the rest of the season, but we'll have to see how they play next week. against Tampa Bay, but Packers just continuing to own the bears after this past Sunday night.
2: I mean, I'm going to be honest. You got to let Justin Fields throw the ball a little bit more. You know he only had 11 attempts.
1: Yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah, I actually bet the under that he was going to uh, pass under 30 attempts. I thought he'd get maybe the 22 or 23, that's, but...
2: Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, how do you have a quarterback going through 11 attempts? And like, I get it. I don't think fields is that great of a quarterback, but like, and the running game was working, but like t- he's young, let him throw. Like he's not going to learn how to make reads in the NFL for you're not letting him throw the ball in games.
1: Yeah. I would say, you know, you have to let him throw and kind of work out his own mistakes. Uh, also, to a pretty big extent, that uh who's Chicago's top receiver right now? I mean, Darnell Mooney. Given they lost on Robs in the offseason. Darnell Mooney is your top guy. I think he had, I mean, one reception, for negative four yards. Yeah. I mean, I mean, equanimous, I guess I the mean, Bears' biggest issue right
0: now is they're still they they're, they're rebuilding. They did yes, they won last week, but it doesn't show for the fact that how bad oh, no. this offense looks on paper. They're just not going to be a good. They're going to. Most likely be the worst offensive team in football this season. 100%.
2: But, like, but my point is, like, you gotta let your quarterback throw the football. Uh, I mean, Jared Goff is still throwing the ball over 30 times. Like,
0: and when you have guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, it's just. They have, they have, and the Lions, I will venture to say, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. So he has a lot of time.
2: In the no, pocket. I know. But like,
0: guys like Justin Fields, he doesn't have much time in the pocket. His offensive line is one of the, you know, not one of the better ones in the NFL.
2: I mean, I'm just saying, like, 11. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's still getting, completing 21 passes. Like, Yeah. Danger. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's you can't only have eleven pass attempts. And it's not like he was like oh two for eleven or something. He was seven for eleven. I mean,
0: I I think it all. I mean, it all comes back to the, losing the play calling. I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator, so you got to wonder if if you know how they're going to fix that throughout the rest of the season. But you're right. I mean, you're not going to really necessarily win when you're throwing the ball like, eleven times in the game. They're pretty much going to stack. You're pretty much just going to stack the box. And play the rod the entire look, day. I mean,
2: he has twenty-eight passing attempts in two games. Yeah, the first game there was in a monsoon. Yeah, no. I mean, look, the first game you can't blame the guy. Like I, I wouldn't want him throwing the ball either. But like, twenty-eight passing attempts. People have complete. The majority of the league has twenty completions in a night.
0: <laughs> Josh Allen has that already in solid third quarter. Yeah, well, quarter.
2: Josh Allen's actually a god. <laughs> this dude is him, and uh, also, Stefan Diggs. Might be the best receiver in football.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, no, the pod right, t- uh, ah. On the pod right now, he's got three touchdowns and 150 yards. Uh, I still s- think I I mean,
2: Cooper Cup's <laughs> also had a lot of protection around him with other receivers.
0: <laughs> I, I still think it's Cooper Cup.
1: I guess so uh, we can kind You can't really cap.
0: discredit it after what Cup did last season. But I oh, mean Packers no. I mean... can be choosers. I mean it's it's that's it's it's definitely a tough it's definitely a
1: close call. I guess we could cap this off of a uh I don't wanna say a uh, too far advanced Monday night football recap, but uh just for the viewers at the time of this uh this pod, uh five minutes left in the 3rd thirty four seven Buffalo against Tennessee. And 21-7 for Philadelphia over the Vic- uh, over the Minnesota Vikings. Looking like Buffalo is going to uh, absolutely, you know, take this game. You know, Titans look uh, lethargic. Derrick Henry seems like that foot injury may have been, you know, a little bit more serious than we had realized. Uh, Diggs looks like he's that guy. Josh Allen, four t- passing touchdowns so far in the night. Uh, just looking like an absolute shellacking of Tennessee right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, now I get showing from the Titans again. And this is coming off that heartbreaking loss they had to the Giants last Sunday. Coming out, you know, a longer week, you know, had a little bit of a, extra days of rest. And it seems like they're still sleeping from the resting that they've done. I mean, they're just playing a horrible game right now. Derrick Henry is trying his best, but 13 carries to 25 yards. They just have not gotten anything going for them right now in this game. And... Like I said, this is why I said or, you know when we did our predictions, I said this is a division in the NFC and the AFC South where a team with a losing record might might just win the division. Right now the way it's going, I think that's very very possible it's
1: going to happen. Gonna have that 7 and 10 pride in a uh, in a playoff game. <sighs> C-
2: can we talk about something real quick? How does Dalvin Cook only have three rushing attempts at halftime almost? Uh,
1: because it's the Vikings and the Sun-S set, and uh, they don't play well in primetime. It's that. The Eagles have also held the ball for
0: most of this entire game. They're running the ball like very efficiently, especially with like Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And, yes, it's Kirk Cousins on primetime, so they're throwing the ball a lot more. It's you know what's funny? I just looked this out now. Jalen Rager apparently is the leading rusher right now Russia, for the
2: Vikings. Yeah. Imagine that shit.
0: <laughs> well, it's the Jalen Rager revenge game.
2: Yeah. Fantastic. How about Dalvin Cook needs the fucking ball?
0: Hey, listen, the Eagles have a a very good defensive line. It's gonna be tough for him to run even if, if he had more carries, but I don't know. Definitely another strange occurrence with Kirk Cousins playing on uh, Monday night. I'm
2: just going to say this: I might have cursed every single top running back in the league this year because I have every different combination of a top running back, and they're all sucking major cock right now. That's I what have we call. I, I have Taylor Henry Cook. Uh, I mean, I can took you ETN. let me.
1: Can you let me know who you're drafting, just so I could fade your picks? Yes, uh,
2: Eckler,
0: another uh, guy. You, been... you, you do not ruin Jonathan Taylor for me.
1: I I, I will kill uh, you. Yeah. sorry. I didn't and, want. Uh, I, did uh, I have a choice. Uh, I had the one pick. And just to cap off the night, uh, Ryan Tannehill just threw another interception. <laughs> this time, pick six. Gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be forty <laughs> like to seven six. right now, pending the extra point. Yeah, it oh, hasn't oh been a good night for Ryan Tannehill. It's getting really ugly. Right? The Bills might score fifty points by the end of this game.
0: I, uh... They gotta get rid of Tannehill. Might, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call right now. I think sooner rather than later, you're gonna see Malik Willis starting for this team. There, there's you no, there's no way Malik Tannehill start. is gonna be starting the rest of the season. I give him my week five. Um, I might see it. You might see it next week. Uh, you I don't know.
2: Logan, I think you see Logan <laughs> Woodside before you. <laughs> he might play. You, he might play tonight. I, I honestly think you see Logan Woodside before you see Malik Willis. And it's that Logan.
1: was Matt Milano on oh.
0: the uh, on the INT. Logan Woodside. Oh man, that's gonna leave us. Or that's gonna be. They a...
2: signed Cam Newton.
0: Oh god, no, they can't do that. It's I'd, rather, than I'd rather. I'd rather see what you have in Malik Wallace than sign Cam, uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton's a team... chance of going back to a team is like in, Se- in Seattle. That's the that's like his only hope. No.
2: He huh. just say retired. He should.
0: But anyway. I mean, another crazy week in the NFL, I mean it's gonna be tough to I mean week one we had some crazy final scores week two we had some amazing comebacks. Question is how is week three gonna you know try to top that one off? We'll have to see I mean it all starts Thursday with the Steelers and Browns game. another a game that might turn into an ugly one considering how both offenses have really been so far at the start of the season. So expect the defenses to be up and about in this game the game of the week though, boys, builds at Dolphins. I expect a lot of points in this game. And the way Josh Allen's playing right now and if Tua Tagovailoa can um can uh keep it going, you could see another 42-38 final in this game.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, this is really going to be the game to where is Tua actually a good quarterback or was it just how bad I think that Ravens defense.
0: Oh, so I want to point out, I just got an update. Malik Willis is actually in the game now. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> called it early.
0: He's already in the game.
1: Right, get some early season Malik Willis action, see what he can do. Maybe uh, the run game gets a little bit better. He's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Maybe, kind of maybe change up the variable scheme a little bit. Uh, I guess we'll see by the end of his game.
0: Yeah, hopefully we'll have to see. If Malik Willis plays a little bit decent. You might see him start next week, but... I guess we'll have to tune in and find out, but I think that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports podcast show. We, once again, thank you all for tuning in and listening on to our talk about this past week in college football and some of the crazy games that we had in the NFL this past Sunday and currently going on this Monday night. We would like to tell everyone to please follow us on Instagram at All Gas No Break Sports cards at A-G-N-B underscore sports underscore cards we also have our whatnot page where we usually sometimes will rip wwe cards on friday night we are starting to you know rip a little bit more into the nfl season as the season is you know still underway the nba season is also approaching us very soon as next month so we might be ripping into some nba but you have to tune in to find out on the yellow w and whatnot But make sure to tune on in to our show next week as we'll definitely be previewing some of the NFL for next week. We'll also recap some of the NFL scores as well as college football and maybe a little bit more talk into some of the MLB playoff scenarios as the playoffs are definitely coming around the corner and we will definitely know some of the scenarios on who is going to be facing who in this year's postseason.
2: And one more thing. Boys... Don't say it again. My time of the year. Don't say it again. It's almost here. It is almost here. Oh,
0: true. That's right. Hockey season is also a month away, so we are definitely getting ready to start the hockey season. We're trying to see if our New York Rangers are going to have a repeat performance of last season and maybe even go farther than they did. But we'll definitely have some very special guests. I know a certain someone that would definitely love to be on the podcast to talk to Grayson about Rangers hockey this upcoming season.
2: Think of somebody like that. Um, I think he needs to hear this. We are Marshall. I knew he was going to say it. I just knew it.
0: Anyway... Once again, I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona. I am once again joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Cheapy G. Marino. We once again thank you for joining us here on the All Gas No Break Sports Podcast Show. And we would like to wish you all a great rest of your evening.